I'm Russ on this side of the mic with my buddy in chat, Mike, on the other. Join us around the cauldron as we cook up the ingredients of life with our tales, adventures, and yarns spun of pure gold. From Greenwich Village to a Hopi village, to other worlds near and far, sometimes a little too far. But really, no place or topic is beyond the reach of stoned alchemy. I was dreaming about the beaches of Kelifar 7. This was my last run, my last haul. One last delivery to some godforsaken region of the cosmos before I retired to those mauve beaches where the sand was as soft as talc and the warm pink ocean water made you drunk by waiting in it. My old reliable hunk of junk cargo craft, Frodo's Folly, would be recommissioned in a display in the Gore-Tex Museum of Spacecraft. I was far, far from the farthest place I had logged from my home base in the 40 years of delivered for GPS, Galactic Parcel Service. My cozy home planet of Gort was countless light years away. The wormholes, carefully and casually computed by my ship's computer, had done their thing. I had a single package in the cargo bay, a 10 centimeter cube wrapped in brown paper. My final delivery could be hand delivered, no maglift, no robo assist needed. Not even a hand truck. It was old school. As I emerged out of the final leg, the last tube, wormhole, that twisted and formed the countless pathways and underspace roadways, I honestly had no idea where I was, what I was looking at. There were no stars, no black, no vacuum of space. It was an open expanse of teal and golden fractals. A rectangular corridor not much wider than my ship split the wondrous place in half and I maneuvered into it. Up ahead was a dead end. I slowed down, bringing my craft to a crawl. It was a brick wall. I set Frodo down and took a measurement of the exterior atmosphere, if there was one. There was. It was incredibly the exact balance of gases, and within the gravitational sweet spot for a human like myself. What were the odds? I was not on a planet. I was in a place. So I exited and took a whiff. The air, the air smelled like garlic simmering in olive oil, my favorite smell. The corridor was a perfect 75 degrees using the ancient Fahrenheit scale. Lovely. I strolled toward the wall made of red brick, slightly faded and bound with tasteful layers of white concrete. I noticed the glint of metal, copper, a plaque, neat engraved print read, The End. Was this the legendary end of the universe? There were rumors, whispers. The infinite universe theory had been questioned. Explorers, mappers, and tradesfolk had written often unprovable treaties on the end of the universe. Was this it? Did it just end with a brick wall? And what was beyond the wall? An infinitely thick layer of bricks? Or another universe? Or was it where God lived? Many had made that claim, returning wide-eyed, mind-warped, and soul-stretched. As an ancient philosopher once bragged, I've flown from one side of the galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I've never seen anything to make me believe there's one all-powerful force controlling everything. Me? I traveled even further, and I had been witness to more ways to worship, communicate with, mock, destroy, 
and build a relationship with more gods by more religions you could shake a venomous snake at. There are the big three religions on my birth planet of Earth, but even on that little blue planet in the suburbs of the Milky Way, there are at least 4,300 ways to pray. And when you leave Earth, you encounter infinite more ways. You have the Pegalumas on planet Vespa, who burn their own hair and chant dirty limericks to honor their god Pooper, the giant dingleberry god. The Yuckamucks on planet Denny build huge piles of burnt seashells and dance a jig, while the Merry Peppers of planet Bondo wrestle in pools of mucus whilst humming sad torch songs. The Humphrey Dogs on planet Goggle slaughter 10,000 of their fellow citizens on Kill Day to prove to their god how much they love it. And then you have the Zikadorns of the planet Johnson, who simply point at the sky, wink, and give a little coy nod as their method of prayer. As for me, God remains a mystery. Was I standing outside his bricked-in home? I didn't notice a button. A doorbell? God's doorbell? Should I ring it? Then what? Run like some kid? What if God came to the door in his bathrobe? I pushed it. A voice, deep and resonant, and, well, kind of goddish, called out. Yes? Uh, package for, um, package, package for... I looked at the label on the box and realized it had no label. Why was I here, at this address? I was expecting a delivery, the voice said. I tracked it across the cosmos. There's, 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 there's no name on this package. May, may I ask yours? Mine is the same as it's on the package. Okay, so he was tossing divine riddles at me. No name. If this was God speaking, it answered the age-old question. Which God was the true God? Well, obviously, none of the named ones I had heard of. How do I know this is actually yours? Well, what's in the box? I, I have no idea. It's your order. What is it? Mystery to me. Are you God? There was a pause. Finally. Do you believe I exist? Uh, not sure. If you open the box, there is a chance you will learn that I do not. Or learn for certain that I do. Would that make you happy? I thought about that. Not, not sure. Either way, it would make all those countless religions defunct. Or, or at least not sole ownership. Yeah, maybe... Maybe what? It might take the fun out of it all. How? God asked. Well, when I was a kid, my uncle showed me a magic trick. He made a coin vanish from my palm, and then it ended up in a nest of three boxes, all tied with rubber bands. It was impossible. It had to be real magic. Or, or maybe my uncle just had amazing abilities. And I looked at him differently for weeks. And then one day I begged him to show me how to do it. And? And he did, and it was such a stupidly easy solution, it made me mad that he showed it to me. All the mystery was gone. It made me jaded. I realized my uncle had no special powers. So that truth was good? I'm not sure. Knowing how you know he did the trick didn't benefit me in any way good. It was just I was just more cynical. I figured everything in the universe was pointless and dull, no magic. Was ignorance better? It, it wasn't ignorance, I don't think. I mean, ignorance is thinking I'm better than a one-eared Gogolian because I have two ears. But being told that my love of a sunset is simply due to some chemical reaction in my brain makes me a lesser person. I lose the power of my soul, if, if I have one. God was silent for a while. Then it spoke. So that box and its contents? Well, you keep it. If I open it... Uh... The mystery will be gone? Yes. And? And the universe will grow darker in the snap of a finger. My, my soul will vanish. So you know my name now? I thought about that a moment and nodded. Yes. What is it? God asked. 
That's the mystery now, isn't it? I am mystery. I nodded and smiled. I felt a rush. God said nothing else. I placed the box on the ground and went back to my ship and looked out at the cosmos in joyful wonder as I rode home to retirement, anxious to stare at awe at sun-soaked beaches and star-filled night skies. And that was Mike's God at the End of the Universe. That was a, a different path than what I chose to take with my story, but yours definitely really grabs, captures the mystery of it as, what were you, a courier, like a messenger, like a federal? Yeah, like a, yeah, like a UPS driver bringing his last package before he retires. Oh, retirement. Now, was that retirement death or was it truly retirement? Ah, that's an interesting question. I never, I didn't think of. That's that's interesting. Uh, hmm. I, honestly, letter. when I wrote it, he was he was retiring to uh, uh, for his work. Okay, uh, so that's going, obvious. You know, that's, but yeah. that's that's an interesting thought, though. I I, I I didn't think. I like the fact that you that you thought of it that way. That's interesting. Yeah, but what was it was pretty profound. I remember. I think I called you shortly after listening to the um, the first time. Um, you did bring that sense of mystery because the idea of him having this box with no address, he doesn't realize that there's no address on it. He's, he knows the, the basic locality of it. There's no name to who it's going to. Why do you go where you went? Yeah, well, that's, that's and, yeah, like as if he was called, as if he was called to go there somehow. And then the person's telling him, well, if you want to find out what it is, you know, who I am, you know, you have to open up the box. And you kind of like left that mystery as a. And if he doesn't want to know, because if he opens you want it, to know, sometimes you're right. Chance to prove that I don't exist. And, um, and he sort of wants, he'd rather live in a universe where there's a chance that God does exist. It's more of an interesting universe than one that you know. Yeah. I think so too. You know, I think. What mystery, made you think about that? Uh, what, what was the. Well, mystery is, is, um, I've always been fascinated by the unknown and I, I, I like not knowing stuff because it, 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 that's what makes life interesting. You know, it, it's, is not knowing this. It's so then you have to contemplate. If you don't know something, you have to think about it. When you think about it, you come up with interesting thoughts and interesting ideas. That's where stories come from, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's just, I just thought that if you're going to get down to the, to the meat potatoes of, of God, it's for me anyway, it's, it's, he's def, God is defined to me as mystery. That's pretty much what it was. Um, and you just didn't want to know. It was like the way you were. It was a nice story. It really was. It was the way it was easygoing. It was it was a gentle story, again, because the character is retiring, it's like the last run. And there's a, a certain sense of something important happening. And he could have unveiled the, the entire secret to everything right there. <laughs> you know, but he, he just chose not to. And I can't say too much more about that other than you just chose to keep the mystery. And you said it. We need to have mystery in our lives. I think that's what keeps people going. I mean, that's why scientists pursue different things because of the mystery. Or that's why um, writers or other people pursue different things because there's a certain mystery you want to maybe not necessarily answer the questions. Some some may want to answer the questions, but we find that when we start answering questions, we discover more questions and oh, almost it just, always. it's a rabbit hole. It just, things never, it just never ends. Well, the one then the story itself, the, I think the, what I think summarizes the, my feeling is I tell the story about, you know, my uncle showed me this incredible magic trick. And I, I after, after seeing this trick, I couldn't not figure out how the heck he did it. You know, this is incredible. He must have powers or something. This is just wild. 
And then weeks later, he t- shows me how to do it, and I was de- totally disappointed. Like, it was so easy. And it was like, well, what's – God, that ruined that. You know, and am I better off knowing how it's done? I don't know. I don't know if I'm better off knowing how it's done. Why Why am I better off knowing that there's a secret – some secret to doing this trick when I could just ponder the mystery of the enjoyment of the pure magic and, and just enjoy that magic? It's not making my life better. In fact, if anything, it's making me more jaded and more cynical. So I – I think sometimes not knowing certain things. I'm not look. I'm not not for being ignorant or anything. But I I just I think there's some areas where, well, why do you got to know? It's like why not keep the mystery? Keeps keeps life more interesting. That's just my thought. That's just. Well, there's a great scene in what was it? The Indiana Jones movie, uh, the first Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Yep. That whole the whole thing that kind of sums it up. That at the end, here we have the Nazis and and the French archaeologists. They have the Ark of the Covenant. They're gonna reveal all of God's secrets. They they got it right there. <laughs> and what happens? You know, Harrison Ford. <laughs> you know they turn and look the other way. Right. Don't look they, at it. Because don't look at it. Uh, it makes you wonder. It's one of those things. Like some things I think are better off left, left mysterious. It's like the Pandora's uh, box. Yeah. Just the Pandora's uh, box. Yeah. Better off closed. You know. Or Schrodinger's box. You know. Where, you know, is the cat uh, alive or dead? You know, yeah, I don't want to know. I don't want to. That's know. sort of what gave me the idea for the the, the package to God. It was sort of like a, a Schrodinger's uh, box. So there's a good chance that there's a there was a dead cat in there. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the the, the cat, maybe God. It is would a have cat. smelled. It would have stunk pretty. <laughs> thank God, if it was a dead cat. You know, but 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 according to Schrodinger, it's both dead and alive at the same time, which is yeah, like one of those particle particle wave thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a profound. Theory right there. Well, I mean, is is God in physics? Um, like we, we talked about nature, for example, like the perfection of nature and how 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 we'll, we'll just say uh, evolution, how evolution has changed things or mutated. That, but if you look at stuff very closely, there's such perfection in the the design, like the whole Mandelbrot in, in design mm-hmm. of shells and leaves yeah. and structures. There seems to be an almost artificial design yeah almost like to, a like, a, like there's code stuff. like there's code under underlying reality like is that what physicists are discover one day that there's actually oh well are we a simulation that's the other thing is mm-hmm. is 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 are we in some simulation that some 12 year old kid created you know so maybe god is huh. a 12 year old kid a, yeah, exactly behind a screen someplace and but then who created that 12 year old kid it oh just, yeah then it, it yeah, never ends never ends it's a mystery well multiple universes uh one one universe destroyed another one you know emerges uh or there's we're sitting here and there's another somewhere in this multi this alternate universe there's like i'm where you are you are i am and you know i have long hair and you have you're bald <laughs> so <laughs> all the uh the different you know possibilities of universes just it's it, it's insane it drives you crazy well, then, but it but joyfully would, drives you crazy would the gods be the same would god be the same in these different universes also that's another right puzzling right. Is god thing. god of all the universes or each universe or is it only or is it this one or is it only are there multiple is there a council of these gods that get together <laughs> to decide what right. the universes do um yeah you could go on and on see, it just raises too many weird questions i think uh, sometimes what science it, fiction's it, for. that's what science fiction is for yeah there's a certain simplicity to to i guess a lot of religion i guess it really comes down to that you know that either the one being or a couple of beings, and uh, whether or not the other beings, like prophets or or those or followers, are actually deities themselves, but right, they're just trying just to carry on a good message. That they're supposedly trying to carry on the good works or good deeds of of what the big guy or big person 
Mm-hmm. It could be a woman for all you know. We, we always yep. assume that's a man. Or feminine, right? You talk about right, feminine energy and masculine energy. Have you seen the movie Dogma? That movie yes. Dogma. Yeah. It turns out that God was actually a woman. Right. Yep. That's a Kevin Smith movie. Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah. It's a fun look at religion. And we're, you know, so here on uh, Stoned Alchemy, we are discussing God and all the possibilities. It's a it's a huge topic. Obviously, we can only just dip our toe in this ocean i didn't mention the whole thing with gobleki tepi that always seems to come up because whether you're talking about but ancient religions uh gobleki tepi supposedly is the site of the earliest known organized religion well uh, well see that goes right that that reset the calendar uh for scientists Gobleki-tepi. yeah history that, books are being changed and what makes it a problem is they had this ability to create these incredible stone structures with, with creatures on them and animals on them. But this is supposedly bef- thousands of years before we were able to actually properly grow crops. Hmm. So it, that means that the whole calendar, the whole thing has to be pushed back even further. Yeah, and that's fine. I think it's great. I, 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 yeah. Some people, there are some people, some scientists, maybe they have a lot of money invested you know, for grant money and all that. They, they get turned off by their, their worldview being shattered. I love having the worldview shattered. I think it's great. And if, I'm, if I was a scientist, I would want my worldview to be shattered because that's, oh, man, there's some new things I could look into. You know, I was totally wrong for the last 30 years of my my, my education and life. Now I got to go well, in a different direction. I think that's, that's a great. big, big blow to your ego, though. It is, but it's not your ego. You know. It's it's the world. It's the universe. <laughs> so you didn't invent this stuff. You're just trying to learn and figure it out. So when you, when you all of a sudden a new thing comes in and now you're like, wow, now I have a new understanding of or a new thousand and one questions I have to ask. I think that should be a positive thing for me, anyway. I don't know. Maybe oh, it, was... it is a positive thing because we we look at it again because it's not it's not a business we'll say. Right. It's not technically a business, so we mm-hmm. have no we have no investment in it whatsoever, other than we think it's it's beneficial right. for for humanity. Right. Well, it's better for humanity to. But find that these same things. but that same that same idea that whole idea. So what if there were a bunch of scientists that were opposed to saying that Gobleki Tepe was actually a religious site and this whole movement started to have it all destroyed. And that's pretty much how religions evolved, uh, you know, the control of religions. Well, they all, they all, they, and they destroy uh, previous tech, you know, like, uh, the, the Christians destroyed the, the library of Alexandria. Oh, imagine what, what was, what was lost. Oh my God. And the Muslims have destroyed uh, some, some incredible oh, structures yeah. in the Middle East, you know, that they'll go against what they believe. And you have, you know, Gobekli Tepe. Well, Gobekli Tepe was buried intentionally, they, they say, right? It was it was covered with soil intentionally. Yeah, it depends. It depends what you read, but it appears so good. It's just so intact. Either either that or something incredibly bad happened and and instantly covered everything. I think you're right. I think it was buried intentionally. And you wonder why why that was. You know, why was it buried? It wasn't destroyed. It, no, it was not intact. destroyed. And it's we only like it was purposely buried to for posterity. We discovered a, a small, small part of it because it's yep. such a huge excavation. It's in Turkey, by the people yeah, listening. They don't know what Gobekli Tepe is. Google it. It's a, it's an archaeological find in in, in it's Turkey that was dated back to what twelve thousand years ago? About ten, eleven, twelve thousand years ago. Yeah. Which is much earlier than they ever thought. Because Sumerian about six thousand. Yeah. Six thousand. They thought that was the Babylonians were a little bit before before that. Oh, here's one interesting part part of the topic. We're talking about Gobekli Tepe. It's considered like a a pre a pre flood culture. Mm-hmm. Antediluvian. Yeah, Antediluvian. And there's a common thread, even though the years get a little bit messed up, and some scientists are trying to find the causes of these things. But there seems to be a common thread of great floods. Yes. In history. 
they had, they must caused by angry gods or, or the bad deeds of people or maybe just people just blaming themselves for something that might have just happened in nature. But there's a string of catastrophic floods uh, that all are dating back, all dating back to around that 12,000 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the, the end of the Ice Age, wasn't it? Uh, was there an ice age around 12,000 years ago? I, I don't think know. That was, let me see the end of, oh, maybe the end. Let me see. End of last haunt. The last glacial period is what it's called. So it ended with the Younger Dryas from 115,000 to, yeah, so the last great age was 11,000 years ago. All these floods seem to center around about this, about 12,000 years ago mm-hmm. when we know something really bad happened to the earth. And this, just for a little fun, this might explain places like Atlantis or the, or some other great, Oh, absolutely. Advanced culture that may have existed because think about the way our cities are now. Most major cities are on the water Mm -hmm. and they'd be gone. They'd be completely erased from the surface of the earth. Just some bits and pieces of like, maybe just like granite and things like the pyramids or the Sphinx would, would remain. Other than that, not much. Which is another interesting point is, you know, the pyramids are probably they, a lot older than probably the, are they older than that? Uh, well, I don't know. The same thing with the Sphinx with the water damage mm-hmm. on it. But that's uh, but, but, but what's funny about these flood stories is even the Romans did it and the Greeks, they, they would go up to mountains and they would find seashells, bits like that and surmise that, oh, so something must have happened. So some some are there are a lot of great tales that are probably just made up, but there are some factual floods that have happened. Sure. That that people talk about in I'm sure in the Bible and in, and in the Torah, the Sumerians talked about floods happening, but it was it was a punishment in in the religious texts. It's always well, even in Christianity was it you know the Noah had to right. build the ark to save you know his family and and the animals and everybody else got wiped out. The Sumerians have it. The Christian and and the Torah has this as as a punishment by God, and basically they one or two people were picked to oversee this whole evacuation process and right. to save. Um, Save the seeds of humanity, but not everybody. Yeah. Oh, I think in Hindu culture, isn't well, they it? Have it? They have it as well. The Indian culture. This kind of stuff is more getting into like an ancient, almost like an ancient alien. Yeah, yeah. Ancient. So we're going to end it about here. This this was a conversation about God, gods and deities and religion and all kinds of interesting, mysterious, good stuff. I'm Russ and with my buddy Mike here. On hey, the other everyone. Side. Good to and be here. We'll be seeing. Oh, but we never mentioned Jimmy Page. <laughs> what about Jimmy Page? The God. <laughs> Ah, well, some say Eric Clapton also. (laughs) Jimmy Hendrix. I'll stick with Jimmy Hendrix. (laughs) Maybe a future topic we'll talk about the rock gods. That would be a great topic, actually. All right, so have a good one, guys. Take care. Take care, everyone. Thank you.